It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Karting at Council Bluffs, online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. And, Dirk, we obviously have quite a bit to talk about with local and national news. Plus, we have a race at Las Vegas that we need to recap. So let's dive right into it um, and talk about that news we shall uh, let's kick things off with uh, just get the the band-aid just rip it right off and talk about that Bubba Wallace situation a lot of fans unhappy with Bubba Wallace you mean like every fan except one <laughs> I mean I'm I every fan except that Lincoln guy I'm not mad at him I think it was a dumb move but I'm not mad at him I mean that's NASCAR you you wreck guys every once in a while I you know we I mean in the history of no. NASCAR 1949 there's been there's been drivers that have done a lot dumber things than what Bubba did on Sunday. Yeah, but the dumbest part was when he got there in the interview and said he, he didn't have any steering. <laughs> well, for somebody that lays flat into it without any steering, that's even dumber. But Well, and, and, and you know, he's got to play the game. He can't fully admit that, that he wrecked him. I don't you think know. there's ever been a driver that said, oh, yeah, I wrecked him. Give me your thoughts on the whole situation. I mean, he... Um, my thoughts racing. on the whole situation... Bubba messed up when he hit the wall. Larson didn't touch him. Larson I, left him room. I agree. And then he was mad at himself, and, of course, he blatantly took out Larson mm -hmm. and, in the process, took out one of his Toyota teammates out of the playoffs. So if I'm, if I'm looking at this whole deal, the minimum he gets is the 100,000 and the 50-50 points, just like uh, Cole Custer did, because he affected the outcome of the playoffs, but it was for his teammate, you know, for, for Bell. Yeah, but I think it goes above and beyond that with the safety factor, um, you know. And he'd have been a lot better off if he hadn't have said, "Well, I couldn't steer because I'd hit the wall." Well, then you shouldn't have had your foot flat in the gas, which NASCAR is going to be able to see. And they should be able to see where his steering wheel was at. If it truly was broke, and there, depending on where that sensor is between the steering wheel and the the front end of that car. Well, it's the back end that would have been broke. That's where that tie link always bends and that it breaks yeah. on that back tire. Well, if, but if the if the, the car but the car jerked to the left, so if it was broke and he's turning to the right, but it's still going left. If NASCAR can see that, then they can say, yeah, it was broke. But I think we all know it wasn't broke. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a mute, moot conversation. It. Well, if your steering's broke, you're slowing the car down. Yeah. You know, I, that's just all there is. But it's—I mean, how many times? Have we, oh, I, how many? We've heard other drivers say it going into Martinsville. I don't know what happened. My brakes just failed. Yeah, I lost the brake. Lost my brakes. I don't know yeah, what happened. And NASCAR didn't believe that either. Because <laughs> so. NASCAR could look at it and go, "Well, you kind of forgot to push on the brake pedal, <laughs> so maybe, maybe they well, didn't break." <laughs> that was long enough ago. I don't know if they had all the telemetry then. Yeah. You know they've got now, but. Uh, uh, that was long enough ago, and they didn't believe that excuse then, you know, and they sat Matt down for two races, sitting Bubba down for the last three races of the season outside of causing some sponsor issues really isn't the answer. And that's, that, that's going to be the, the interesting thing. You know, all day I've been thinking about this, the question of do, does NASCAR penalize Bubba Wallace? And I think they have been so kind of, well, frankly, we didn't think they would penalize Cole Custer with a points penalty, maybe a monetary fine but not a points penalty. Um, and I didn't even see if they'd, if they'd heard that appeal yet. 
I, I haven't seen it. I haven't found anything on the appeal. Of course, everything today was the Wallace Larson deal, so yeah. I didn't see anything else. Um, but but anyways, it. Uh, uh, I, I look at situations in the past. The Matt Kenseth, Joey Logano thing, NASCAR said that was because he directly went out and affected the playoffs. That was the penalty for him. Kyle Busch and uh, Ron Hornaday at Texas, same thing. Non-playoff driver affecting a, a playoff driver, a championship contender. Uh, this was two non-championship contenders that inadvertently affected a championship contender, but I don't see a penalty coming for Bubba Wallace on the point side of it, and I would, I'd frankly be shocked if they sat him down. But maybe they need to. I mean, this was every once in a while NASCAR will do that. They'll sit a driver down for a race and say, you need to think about what you're doing because Bubba blatantly wrecked him at Texas, which is a fast racetrack. It was an unsafe situation. It was at Las Vegas, not Texas. Sorry. And, and it clearly rang of he lost his cool a lot like we've seen Kurt Busch, Kyle Busch, Carl Edwards has lost his cool before. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I mean, there's been plenty of drivers that have lost their cool, and they needed to be sat down for a race or two to get their heads straight. There's got to be something coming down, and it's got to be fairly heavy. This crosses the line of NASCAR's oh, boys have way at past. it. The boys have at it part would have been when uh, he got out and went up to Larson at his car, which again was also on the track, um, which he got out of his car while other cars were still active on the track, which he's not supposed to be able to do. I mean, there's so many things here. NASCAR could throw half the rule book at it. Yeah. You're talking about the Kevin Ward rule. The right. rule that was created that you're not allowed to leave your car until, A, you've been cleared by NASCAR over the radio, B, yeah. by a safety official that approaches the car, or if the car's on fire, you're allowed to leave. Those are the three stipulations of when you're able to leave your car. And then he didn't go to the uh, infield. Oh, he did end up going to the infield care center, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he? that he had to do. Eventually. Because yeah. I remember he was walking across the, the, uh, the grass, and the official kept trying to point to him to go back to the, to the ambulance to get taken to the infield care center, and he didn't want to. Uh, and that was the other thing I saw come up was that why isn't he being fined for touching an official? Well, again, that's all going to come up. That's all going to play in. Yeah. So. <sighs> Have we talked enough about that situation, or should we keep going? Can we keep yeah, I just, just want to make sure James heard it. <laughs> I, again, I, I think that was a pure emotions thing, and, and I think Bubba's beginning to have this string of he lets his emotions get the best of him. And, and we love this sport because of the emotion. you know. Oh. But walking up to Alex Bowman when Alex is collapsing the side of his car and throwing water on him, that was a bit of a, that was a bad call on my part, I, in my opinion. I, I think that was really classy, not classy, very classless. Oh. And um, going up this weekend and bullying a much smaller person. You know, well, and, just because Larson smaller was like, just get can't. away from me. You're creating your own penalty. I don't want any <laughs> part of it. It's all on you. Yeah, I, I mean, in that case, it's, you know, there's been plenty of times. I mean, what do you, I don't know, Clint Boyer to, to Jeff Gordon. Clint Boyer's probably a bigger guy than Jeff Gordon, but he chased him through the garage. I mean, it's, it, I, don't, I don't see any kind of a penalty of that because in secret, I think NASCAR needs that stuff. They want that stuff. That creates the headlines of those fights, um, as long as it's done within a certain parameter. I mean, even in boxing, there's do's and don'ts. Got some news earlier today uh, uh, via Twitter uh, that, well, I guess it actually kind of started on the uh, grid at uh, Las Vegas, apparently, not, not Texas, that Gene Haas and Tony Stewart have a bit of a disagreement who they want riding in the 41 next year. Gene Haas, 
who originally owned the team and was kind of the reason why there is a 41 car at that organization. Remember years ago, Tony was happy with it being a two-team operation, and then all of a sudden Gene decided to bring in a third car, and it was Kurt Busch, and it was fully funded by uh, Haas Automation. Gene Haas would like to see Cole Custer remain in that 41 car, while Tony Stewart has said that he would prefer to see Ryan Priest in that car next year. Um, I, I've watched a couple of videos on it, and you know, all of everybody's kind of saying Cole Custer has not really done anything in that car. It might be time to replace him. He won a race. Did he? He won a race as a rookie. Hey, won uh, Kentucky, I believe. Huh. You can go check on that. But well, that, um, that's one race in what? Four years? Three years? It's a lot more than a lot of other guys have well, won. true. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think Cole Custer deserves to be in that car next season, or should Ryan Priest get a shot at it? The way the landscape is right now, which one of them's got to check? Yeah. And, and that, that's bad to say, but that's the seriousness of, seriousness of it. Yeah. The last I knew, Cole Custer's dad was a major uh, factor in Stuart Huss Racing. He's like the competition... Director or something. I yeah, can't, I'm not I can't sure. remember what. He's got a title. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you know, you talked about Gene Haas originally being the owner. Well, that's what the SH, mm -hmm. you know, H is for Gene Haas still. So he's still involved in the owner's capacity. So. Right, yeah, he's part owner in the whole deal. And, and then we're also talking about the potential of Kevin Harvick retiring after next season. Eric Amarola surprisingly re-signed with Stuart Haas Racing for another season. There's a lot of moving parts going on at Stuart Haas Racing that we could see a completely different operation in 2024. Well, in 2024, yeah. In 2023, I, I'm, I think it's going to come down to, you know, what the sponsors want or who's going to pay the bill of sponsor mm -hmm. um, for the car. If the sponsor comes in with a couple million bucks and says, I want Ryan Priest, Ryan Priest going to be in the car. If it's the other way around, they want Cole Custer, Custer's going to be in the car. Right. So Now you got to replace Kevin Harvick. you got to start working on replacing Kevin Harvick because you, you can't, wait on that until Kevin gives you a full answer midway through next year if he's decided that that's going to be the end of it or if he's going to sign another one-year contract. Apparently, Kevin has already said that he was planning on 2021 being his final season, but they've talked him into coming back for two more seasons for 2022 and 2023. So it sounds like he's kind of getting closer to the idea of this being it for him. Yeah. Um, if he hadn't won two races, you know, in the last third of the season, I would have thought that he might have gone ahead and, and called it a quits after this year. Yeah. Um, a new name that popped into the Xfinity Series program with a solid run at Vegas was Haley Deegan. Mm -hmm. And we already know that a woman that can halfway drive one of these cars is a marketing you know, magnet. And if I'm not mistaken, the Mustang she drove was uh, powered by a Stuart Haas power plant. Oh, really? So, 11th place finish at 13th. 13th? Well, um, Cole Custer won in that car very early in the year. Uh, it's a Bobby Dowder car, so you know, green light racing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, Cole brought his own engine over <laughs> and uh, went out and dominated a race. I don't remember where it was. Yeah. He won a race in that same car that Haley Deegan drove this past weekend. So you could very well see her maybe make... Um, a run next year in the Xfinity Series, maybe with a little Stuart Haas backing there at, like, Greenlight Racing or somewhere. And, uh, you know, she might be the one to slide into um, that number four car. Do you still buy into the you need to have at least one or two veterans when you're bringing in all these new people? 
If you're talking about bringing in Ryan Priest, you're talking about bringing another person to replace Kevin Harvick and or Eric Amarola, I mean, really, who's going to be your veteran around that place if, if they're leaving? Well, Ryan Priest has three years, I think, in the Cup Series already. Yeah, uh, but I, so, I wouldn't really call so, him a veteran, though. Well, yeah, but he's far from a rookie, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, who knows? They may change rookie status by the time we get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, no, there's a lot. Like I said, there's a lot of moving parts. Uh, but when it eventually comes down to what happens, it's all going to be about the almighty dollar. Mm-hmm. And uh, always has been, always will be. And, uh, you know, until some of that falls into place or until some of those players speak up, we don't know what's going to happen. And I didn't even look at the contracts that are going to be expiring in 2023. I don't, I don't know what, you know, 10 or, or 12-year driver is out there for Stuart Haas Racing to go and get. If there's a major team that, or a major driver that they could go and steal away from somebody. We, we just saw Kyle Larson re-signed. We know Ke- uh, Kyle Busch isn't coming there. Uh, we know Kurt Busch is retiring. I mean, he's been around the block a couple of times. So there's, there's, there's not a pool of veterans out there for them to go and pick one up and, and go and uh, try to get a little uh, mentorship for some of these younger guys. Yeah, no, there's not. Not unless, uh, I mean, Martin Truex has only signed a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. And I think that was kind of designed for him to, to uh, mentor Ty Gibbs a little bit. Because I think I don't think Denny's got the time to do that with trying to run twenty three eleven. Yeah, and there's not, like you said, there's just not a guy that's got eight ten years experience out there that's probably available to step over there. Mm-hmm. You know, because it would it, not only do you need to have that experience, you got to have the end of a contract in twenty twenty three, and a lot of these guys have already been locked up or or, or uh, have already got deals in place. Moving over to talking to Kurt Busch, he announced uh, at his home track in Las Vegas over the weekend that he was going to be uh, stepping away from full-time racing. Uh, not cleared to race, and things just haven't fallen into place, so he has decided to step away for the remainder of the season. I believe Ty Gibbs is going to fill in for the rest of the year, is what I think um, Denny Hamlin might have said that in uh, one of his conversations. Then... He'll probably run a, a few races here and there if he feels like he's in a good position to do so in 2023. Um, sad to see. I mean, like I was saying, I, I always feel like guys like Kurt Busch that have had a, a good career, they deserve to have a season to go out and, and you know, have a good run at the end of it. But to, to end on an injury like this uh, is it, kind of tough. Well, and we pretty much said this was going to happen. When he dropped out of the playoff picture, mm-hmm. you know, he's probably not going to race the rest of the year, and he's probably pretty much done as a full-time deal. Yeah, and that's when we also said that Reddick would get bought out, and that he would be in that 45 car next year, which ended up happening. I think we talked about it on last Thursday's show. No, Richard Childress Racing did not purchase it; uh, did not purchase the remainder of uh, of Tyler Reddick's contract. Instead, I saw an interview with Denny Hamlin, who said that we'd been having discussions with Richard Childress Racing. We both had an area we needed to get to. We got there. We're both happy with the deal. And so Tyler's going to come over and race the 45 starting next season. And then uh, and all of that kind of happened within a couple of days in, in Kurt Busch announcing that, that he was going to be uh, retiring from full-time racing. So um, you look at his career, and, and I was kind of thinking about it over the weekend too. Uh, he was with uh, uh, Roush Fenway for a long time uh, with Penske and obviously had all of his issues that with his anger and, and issues with the media and causing issues like that. 
Uh, when he moved over to Phoenix Racing, that's when he kind of shifted. You couldn't really see it at that time, but he really did shift into kind of a, a journeyman, but somebody that was, he, every organization he, he went and raced for, he elevated. And you don't see that very often in the sport. Well, he elevated them, but he'd also burned so many bridges. Yeah. You know, that's kind of how he ended up at Phoenix. Nobody else was going to take him on. And he talked about it, too. That they never had a contract. It was a handshake agreement. Come drive for me. And, and I think he, did he get a win at Phoenix for them? Or? Yep. And then th that team turned into. Well, that team kind of went away. I don't know. I thought it turned into somebody, like somebody bought Phoenix Racing out. Well, they he, might have bought them out, on. but that was before the charters and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, he had a win for Phoenix. I think only two people won races for Phoenix, and that was Kurt Busch and Brad Keselowski got his first cup win for Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's had a great career, and, and some, like, I think it would be very smart. It sounds like that's what 2311 is going to do. They're going to offer him some sort of a contract to continue to help work with the team and mentor. Oh, yeah. Because they're going to need somebody to, to keep working with Tyler Reddick and Bubba Wallace to continue to grow the sport. And like he said, uh, Denny said this during the interview, that's, that's the plan they're moving forward so that next year Denny can kind of shift into more of an ownership role and less of a mentor role because he's also trying to deal with his career and continuing to try to win a championship. Right, yeah. I mean, Kurt's just going to be a driver coach, and mm -hmm. he's definitely got the... Uh, the years of experience to uh, to be able to do that. Post-race inspection at Las Vegas is completed. The number 23 of uh, Ty Gibbs and the 99 of Daniel Suarez both went back to the uh, R&D center. Didn't Suarez, wasn't he involved in a spin early on? Or in that race? Didn't he? Maybe, I think early on it was late. He was involved in a spin. He came down through the football field, but I don't remember if that was in through the Towards the end of the second stage or early in the third, but yeah, it was uh, wasn't in the first stage, wasn't early in the race. Kyle Busch was early in the race. He went yeah. through the uh, down through the infield and still finished at third place. So. Yeah, he had a really good. He had, a, I think, he had a legit shot. He tried to take out the wall that last set of corners. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't think there's any other news. You got anything else? Nope. Joey Logano gets the win. He's the first driver to officially punch his ticket into the championship four. Ross Chastain with a good second place finish. That's who I took. You took Ryan. Oh, sorry. I don't need to bring that up. Hmm? <laughs> Kyle Busch. Wasn't for the 15 stage points, I wouldn't have had much. Kyle Busch got third. Chase Briscoe fourth. And Danny Hamlin fifth. Reddick, Truex, Jones, Almendinger, and Dylan round out your top 10. Bad days Bubba Wallace, Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell. Ryan Blaney, 28th place finish. Chase Elliott, 21st place finish. Quite a few. Playoff contenders that did not have good days. And uh, Blaine even said, he goes, I just got a little bit loose and tried to knock down the wall. He goes, it's a shame because we had a very fast car and mm -hmm. I wasn't able to take advantage of it. So, I think that's going to do it for us in turn number one. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. Superman, Stu Snyder, is going to join us in turn number two. We'll talk about his... 2022 track championship at I-80 Speedway. By the way, if you guys haven't heard it, we're live at Quaker Steak and Lube. We're going to be doing this over the next couple of Mondays, uh, recording interviews and getting set for the offseason, talking with track champions. We talked with Stu Snyder coming up at turn number two. We also sat down with Matt Andrews, Ryan Gilland, uh, Jacob Hobscheid, Adam Smith, Brad Deary, and Jacob Brown, all track champions at I-80 Speedway. We'll be playing those interviews over the next couple of weeks. So we'll be right back, and we'll sit down with Superman Stu Snyder. 
Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the Pubcast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. A new hard drive from Tailored Computers and Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're gonna get your same computer back but it's gonna run faster, cooler, and the battery's gonna last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back. The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is Happy Hour, featuring dollar-off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are Kids Night. Tuesdays are all-you-can-eat wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number two, presented by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to Quaker Steak and Lube all week long for some fantastic specials. Uh, it got a little bit chilly this week, but classic car cruising still going on. You can always come out to Quaker Steak and Lube on Thursday nights for classic car cruising. And at Tuesday night, all you can eat wings. We're out here on a Monday night, so uh, kids get to eat for ninety-nine cents with an adult entree. It's with an adult entree, right? Uh, and I did, I, I did not count as Dirk's kid, so <laughs> I still had to pay for my dinner. Almost as my grandson, but not as my kid. <laughs> Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Kicking off our 2022 Track Champions interviews. Can't think of anybody better than the driver of the 23S. 360 sprint car pretty much at i80 speedway um, i mean there's really not a lot of other places you guys can get to go run unless you want to go to knoxville or south dakota yeah no this year that was kind of our goal just stay at home and and try and clinch the championship knowing that it was probably going to be the last one at i80 so that was our main focus we didn't really get to go anywhere else and we ended up getting it done but uh, no i appreciate you guys appreciate you guys having me on and hopefully i got some kind of knowledge i can share today <laughs> So take me through, uh, you know, you've kind of shifted your focus a lot to the 305. And, you know, with 305s being a little bit slower, do you think it's kind of backed you up a little bit on your 360 game? Yeah, I think it has. You know, we mainly were focusing on 410 stuff, 360 stuff. And, and then we kind of got more heavily into the 305 and not running the 360 as much as what we, had, you know, what we normally did. And then, you know, running... God, I think 30 to 35 to 40, 45 shows a year in a 305 kind of 
you know, when you're only mixing in maybe 10 or 15 360 shows, they are a, a, a different car to drive. Um, and that's kind of slowed us down, I think, or slowed me down in the seat with the 360 stuff. And it's, it's been tough to kind of overcome. Um, we got our, our car working a lot better this year. We built a new one and, and put a hell of a power plant under the hood. And, and then it, you know, it did help running the same place, I guess, every time that we ran it, that helped. Um, but no, yeah, it, uh, it definitely did kind of, you just, your reaction time's got to be a little quicker and, and stuff like that and trying to control it a little better. Um, you kind of get put to sleep a little bit with a 305. Well, it's, it's easier to, to be in the faster car all the time. Yeah, than for it is sure. To be in the slower car all the time. Yeah. So. And when we go back and run 305 shows back in the day when we were running, you know, 35 360 shows and go run 10 305 shows, we were, you know, superstars when it comes to the 305 stuff. It was easy for me, but trying to jump back up, um, you know, that, that was pretty hard. And then just with everybody we ran against, I mean, you look at the names that ran I 80 this year. There wasn't really a, a, a slouch of a night, I guess, if you yeah. want to call it that way. It was tough every single night. Well, it probably wasn't easy on you because, you know, it, you talk about running weekly at, at Eagle, then every Saturday you get a pretty good idea of what you can expect out of the racetrack. And it's weekly. So you show up to the – you get to the shop Sunday morning, Monday. You, you remember what you need to make adjustments on. Remember how the car felt, how it reacted, made those adjustments as you needed to. But at I-80, you're talking two, three, maybe sometimes four weeks in between shows. So maybe you made those changes the next day after the show, but mm-hmm. now you've got a completely different weather conditions. Yeah, for sure. And, and you got a completely different racetrack pretty much every time we went there. I mean, it was close, but every time we went there, it was something different. It was a different curveball. And, and exactly like you said, you know, we'd sit in the shop on a, the night before we'd load and like, all right, well, we did this. Well, I don't remember. We go back to the book, and, and the wife now, she got a tablet with uh, pit logic on it, and we're able to go back through that thing pretty well. As long as we're typing the stuff in during the night, yeah. you know, we got <laughs> something we can hit off of. But yeah. it, it does make a big difference when you're running that thing once a month, and, and then you hop back in, and you're like, well, did we do this, or did we do that? And then I'm like, you know, um, I'd, I'd have an idea, and I'm like, oh, no, we did that on the 305. We didn't do that on the 360. So, it, yeah, it was tough trying to... You know, it was good to run it as much as we did, but we needed to be able to run it every weekend like we were the other car, I think. And it, what was the name of the program that we talked to that guy years ago that he eventually got hired by Chevy to to bring that? It was basically like a, a driver's notebook on a tablet, like you were mm-hmm. talking about that. You said Pit Logic? Yeah, Pit Logic was the one that uh, that that just come about, and it was it it's really cool the wife's been able to kind of mess with that a little bit and i mean you can put all your your inventory your trailer inventory your shop inventory wow. in it it'll tell you when you know as long as you keep up with putting in like your carb cleaner and your rags it'll kind of warn you when it thinks you're getting low it's it's a pretty cool uh, app and, and it's only like i don't know 12 13 bucks oh wow a, a month to have it it's he only was, as cool as the information you put in. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. You still got to be able to use it. But it is quicker than writing it everything down because it's got a, a couple drop-down bars, and you can just click stuff, and it goes right where it needs to go. He was uh, talking about one of the uh, features that they were adding, and I wish I remembered the app, but I, I don't know if it's even still around really anymore. Well, I don't know if it was available on this level because they were at the cup level. Well, that's, what, that's how it got started. He was actually starting it at – he was running it around I-80 because oh, okay. he'd show up for several times. And was that Mark had, Snook? What's that? Mark Snook? He had no, a, it was uh, Dusty Reynolds was the guy's okay. name. 
Yeah. There was another one, too. It was called Race IT. Yeah. And that was kind of the same okay. thing, too. Well, and, they, and it was a local Omaha company, but uh, one of the features they were talking about adding was that Monday mornings you could get on and have a conference call with your engine builder, your chassis builder, and you could share your data about your setups and where mm -hmm. all the weight was at. You could talk about track conditions. You could put wing speeds in there. You could put all this info in there, and then your chassis builder could then look at all that stuff and give you recommendations on how to adjust it. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely, you know, the technology has definitely helped. I know that for sure. It's, it's come a long way from the old notepad that just <laughs> travels around, which we still have that too. Roger uses that, and, and we've kind of tried to adapt uh, putting all of our notes over into the, the app and on the tablet instead of using the notebook. But it is only as good as you right. as you make it. Right, yeah. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about that track championship. Uh, well, I think it was six, seven races at I-80? Yeah, I think we ran there seven, seven shows. Yeah. And uh, we only had really one bad night where we just we backed up. Um, I think we were out of the top ten. Every other night there, we were in the, either the top ten or the top five. And we just, we had a pretty, you know, we didn't win. It would have been really nice to finally win one there. But we come close uh, in the 305 car. We come close in the 360 once or twice. But I think just being, being consistent and, and uh, making sure that everything's right at the shop, that's, that's what got us that deal. Going into that final night, we were talking about uh, you had about a 25-point advantage over uh, Jack Dover. But, you know, when you're talking about that with Jack Dover, that ended I-80, too. I mean, yeah, stuff can happen that, that, real yeah. quick. Dover that, owns I-80. I yeah. don't care what anybody says. That, that's Dover's track. I think he's the one that needs to buy it. We'll just race against him all the time. But, <laughs> no, you know, and it, and it helps. You know, the J-Mart was leading the points, Jason Martin. And he, uh, being obligated to go run the ASS National Tour, they were down in Little Rock. And he joked that I had to bring steaks out to him and, and the crew guys and his wife. And <laughs> so I, 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 still got, I still owe him a steak dinner. But, no, it, uh, you're running I-80 against Dover. you got to be on your toes all night long, and you got to have that thing right. And, and I could never even really kind of say, like, you had a comfortable lead because 25 no. points is, you know, what, 10 positions, yeah, give or ten, take? Yeah, if he won, I had to finish, I think, 12th or 13th or better. Yeah. And if he ran second, I had to finish 15th or something or better. And I, I created an Excel sheet sitting in the booth and, and figured up exactly where I was hoping somebody be. did because I didn't know what was going on. Like, I, think I, I think I sent it to Kendall yeah. when you were out there racing. I'm like, if he finishes 12th or better and Dover wins the race, he still wins the championship. Yeah, like, you know, it, it's exciting. It, it, uh, I rolled into the pits at the end of that feature because I wasn't very happy with how the, how the thing ended up. We were all the way up to, I think, a top five or sixth or something out of the B main and the uh, the nose wing fell down about 11 laps into that feature. Then when the rubber started to come, it just started to get tighter and tighter and tighter. And I knew at that point it was you're either going to bend this thing or you're going to win the championship. And just keep your foot in it, use the brake pedal. But when I turned into the pits, I didn't see her, so I thought, well, that's that's I'll it. Dover back. Dover got the championship <laughs> on that deal. Got snookered again. Yeah, yeah. But no, it was good. We hadn't uh, we hadn't won a championship with the with the Fame 23 car. Since 2011 at Eagle, when they ran 360s, that was the last one. And, you know, then we went on the road and started doing that because there wasn't really any place to go. But I, uh, I appreciate Jay Burdick and, and the Kaziski family for trying to bring the 360s back to life the last few years. Um, you know, without that, we, we'd be going to, you know, like Dirk said, we'd have to go to Iowa or we'd have to go to South Dakota, basically, yeah. to run the thing. All right. So I've been asked this question about 100 times, so I'm going to have to ask you. Why aren't you starting a 360 series? Man, I, I don't know if anybody really cares to put up with me. 
I don't know if I could. Uh, they put up with Dennis Parker for yeah, several years. Yeah, I know. I, somebody's <laughs> got to. Um, we had talked a couple of years ago about doing a traveling series and then talked to Rick Salem with the URSS and how much work went into it. And if somebody wanted to do it, I, I would for sure help them promote it and, and find, try and find sponsors for it. But with little guy coming, coming to the age that he's coming to and he wants to race and I mean, we're still running. I think we ran 40-some shows this year. We're still yeah. racing a lot of it. Rick told me it was a lot to take, take on. You would have to retire from racing. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to race anymore. Yeah. Um, that's for sure. Because you don't want to deal with that at the racetrack when you're racing. And then, well, you, you have to make a judgment call. Well, you're also sitting in the seat, so that can go both ways, too. So, yeah. it, you know, conflict of interest. Uh, yeah, I would for sure have to, have to quit. And then, you know, if I get the deal up and going and, and running and it's doing good, well, then cruising. Well, then what do I do? You know, find somebody to take it over and hope mm-hmm. they keep it going. Um, no, but I, I hope somebody does something, um, or some of the other series can come down um, and run some some of our tracks here in Nebraska. You know, it'd really be nice if we could get back over to McCool. Um, that when they shortened that place up, it made it a lot more racy and it made it a lot more fan friendly too. You know, it wasn't yeah. as as strung out as what some of our races could be there once we take the green in a couple laps. Um, Off roads, obviously, a good track. Um, there's there's a few good ones that that would be you know nice to go run again. Yeah, I, I, you know locally I could you could see a series going to US 30 uh, Junction. Hopefully it's back up and running next season. I would love to see a series take uh, maybe do a weekend or uh, some sort of uh, labor uh, fair week run through Crawford County, Harlan, mm-hmm. Adams yeah. County. You know, there's plenty of tracks over in that Iowa area that you could get in probably 15, 18 shows locally. Uh, but I think the key that is the toughest thing to overcome, uh, two of them, is you got to have a lockdown engine. You cannot have an engine rule that costs guys a lot of money. Yeah. And two, I think you got to pay $2,500 to win. Yeah, and you do. You know, fifteen hundred to eighteen hundred for second. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't drop it off right away. Yeah, the top five's got to pay up into you know at least above a thousand. Yeah, um, it's got to pay three fifty to four fifty to start. It cannot be on a night where Knoxville's running, mm-hmm. um, which is tough. Um, but you know, you got like you said, you got Denison. Denison would be an awesome three sixty show. Yeah, the way that track is, Harlan would be too, um, since they brought that thing in a little bit and made it a little shorter. So I think, you know, there's, there's options out there. It's just how does a guy go about doing it to where he's not, you know, kind of cutting his throat with the South Dakota guys or trying to race up against Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And, again, you know, you got to come up with that money, too, to have that yeah. purse. You're, you're talking probably, what, a $30,000, $20,000 yeah, yeah, purse? I'd say at least a twenty dollars to $25,000 purse every single night. Yeah. And, and then, you know, getting the track to pay that, okay, getting some sponsors to pitch in to pay it, you can do it, but you got to have cars, too. Mm-hmm. So you you got to make sure that you're on a night where you can have, you know, a 20-car field is a 20-car field, so it's a 15, but to have a 20-car a field with 15 great cars and five that are filled fillers, you know, I don't think that's great either. It's it's almost better to have a 15-car field to where it's the top 15 in the Midwest. And, yeah. And to do that, you for sure can't run up against another track that's only a couple hours away. Well, you also can't. I don't think you can pay that kind of money for a 15-car field either. Yeah, true. 2500 You got to at least, or bring back, bring back the double heat races or bring back a dash 
you know, and, and not make it a dash for cash, make it a dash for something else, maybe, you know, starting position like we've done in the past. But, you know, if you're only going to bring 15 to 20 cars, you've got to have something out there for the fans to be able to see, not just a couple heat races and a feature. What's that magic number, you think? Because I think there is a magic number of cars that have got to be in a feature for it to be competitive. You know, when you've got a 10 or 12 car field, any class, it's not going to be that good of a show. No. Do you think it's 15 to 18? Yeah, minimum? I think a little bit of it depends on the size of the track. Um, like if you got a bull ring, 15, you know, most. You know, we ran Fairbury a couple of years ago, and there was, there was 14 cars there, and they said it was the best show they've ever seen there, you know. Um, but like if you go to 80, okay, we need more cars. You got yep. bigger track, you need more cars. 20, 24 car field. Um, oh. you, then you'd have, you know, guys racing at the back. You'd have guys racing in the middle. And then, of course, you'd have your front runners battling it out for the win. But I think it depends a little bit on the track size. Well, I know you can't get any less than 15. I mean, that's why they start 30-plus cars for the silver dollars. Yeah. You know, the track's so big, and you got racing all over the place. So, And then you get a Bobby Pierce or uh, uh, Ryan Gustin or whatever that's going to come from 25th, 26th, 30th. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. You can watch those guys crawl through the field to the front. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. If, if you've got the discipline as a fan to watch that. Yeah, for sure. Talking with Stu Snyder, driver of the 23S, the 2022 I-80 Speedway Track Champion, the final yeah. 360 that's Track Champion in I-80 hear, Speedway. Really. It does. That's hard. Don't worry. It's, I, 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 I still have, I'm still holding out hope that, that somebody comes in and runs it. We know that the Kaziskis want out. They don't want to run it. But if they can't sell it, have somebody run it. It's already established. Have them cut you a check once a month for for whatever they've got to cut you a check for and, and have somebody just run specials at least. You know? yeah. Don't just cut it to nothing. Tony yeah, Stewart I, selling all his cup stuff. and he's gonna Yeah, that'd be great. That'd do. be great. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, it, it, if somebody ran it, would you run it like the Kaziskis did? Because they, you know, they were very... 36 races on the schedule at the beginning of the year. They had somewhere around 20 uh, NASCAR nights, and then and then it was the rest of it was all specials. Mm-hmm. And you know they kind of thrived off the specials. Their NASCAR nights were yeah. decent, but they kind of thrived off the specials. Yeah, those specials are huge for those guys, and I I think a lot of track promoters could take a look at that too, to where it's maybe not necessary to run every single weekend, mm-hmm. and maybe give you know and it give, and it helps us out too. We go race other places. Yeah. You know, we're not we're not locked into some every single weekend and burn our whole summer up running the same place. Um, so I mean, yeah, it, it was nice for us to be able to only run you know seven eight times there. Um, we just didn't have time to go run it anywhere else because you know we were running the 305 <laughs> stuff. But um, the the specials were always really big out there, and yeah. we didn't go out Friday night because it was our five year wedding anniversary. But uh, and it was cold, so we decided to to go to dinner and then we watched it on TV and it looked like it was almost standing room only. Yeah, I mean, it on was Saturday packed. night, the final night, or Friday night. Friday night. Friday night and was Saturday decent. looked really, really full Saturday too. Saturday was really so. good. Uh, oh, you're talking about the four tent, the World of Outlaw. Yeah, the World oh, of Outlaw race. It was, it was packed. Yeah, yeah, it was. And somebody, it was cold. I mean, I, could yeah. you imagine that race oh. in you know the middle of August or July, yeah. and and they need more seating, man. Yeah, and that's somebody was telling me if there's not fifteen thousand people in those grandstands, and I kind of said, you realize the place only holds like. Four tops. Yeah. What did Ben Shelton count? It was right around there, 3,800 yeah. or something yeah. like that. In, in the grandstands itself. That's crazy. Yeah. 
and it was and, packed. And then down in yeah. front, you know, where we've got a bunch of fans that stand down there, I don't up in this little suite that. platform. <laughs> I know I kept hearing you guys tell them to sit down. I'm like, they're not going to sit down. They've been doing that for 20 years. They're not sitting understand. down. But I will give them credit because every year before, Joe or Steve has stopped the show because they would stand past that yeah, red line right up against yep. the fence. And, yeah. and they listened to me this year finally, but. Yeah, it, it always cracks me up because every year it's the same thing. Please come up yep. into the grandstands and find seats. Yep, or at least Stop. back up to the yep. bottom of the grandstand yep. so the, the people sitting down can <laughs> see past your head. But that World of Outlaws show, yeah, it definitely showed that people are going to miss that track. And, and yeah, yeah, it was 30-something when we ended the races, right around 30 degrees. Yeah, it was, I mean, it, was, it wasn't freezing. I could see everybody's cool, breath was, on the video. I'm like, man, I'm glad we're not there. Yeah, and but it was I wish a, we could have been. You know? Saturday night was really heartwarming because it was it was a little bit warmer. I think it was like fifty, yeah. somewhere around fifties, low fifties, upper forties. But great crowd, great turnout, and uh, some pretty damn good racing to to send the racetrack off. But you didn't really do any other kind of three sixty racing. Did you go to Knoxville at all? Or no, we didn't have any time to do nothing. You know, like I said, we. Uh, I mean, you know, a week before the season started, we didn't even have a three sixty motor. Uh, deal fell through. We were going to buy one, and uh, it fell through, so then we were kind of searching a little bit and ended up finding this one from Monty Faria and uh, called up John Reifschneider and said, hey, I need some help. Monty who? I, I don't know how to say it. Okay, because I'm trying Faria. to figure out. I, I, I thought Stan I don't know told how, me I don't Ferreira. Ferreira. Yeah, Ferreira. Yeah, right. Carrera. I, I always kind of link it to Carrera, uh, Carrera shocks. So I just, you know. I don't think I don't think I've ever actually talked to the guy before. So I, yeah, I've a, never gotten a good chance guy. to. He's, he's doing a lot yeah. for the for the sport around here with, with the dyno stuff and selling parts and and uh, you know he just has a love for the sport and he still had an engine. So we uh, we got hooked up with him and went over there and picked it up and put it in and I think we literally fired it Friday morning. <laughs> I think I'd take a day off work to finish it and fire it because we didn't, like I said, on Monday we didn't have an engine. Yeah. Wednesday we went and bought it um, and dropped it in, and then Thursday buttoned it up, fired it Friday, and went to the track. So it was a it was a good piece. Now we just got to figure out what you know we're gonna freshen it, where we're gonna send it to freshen it up, and where we're gonna go with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough thing. Got to figure out where to go with it. At ASCS try to hit a couple of those shows. I yeah, guess I when think they come so. close. When they swing through, we could run it. Um, obviously, we go over to Knoxville, um, go up and maybe hit some of those uh, MSTS show MSTS shows up there in South Dakota area. I don't know if they really get to too many decent tracks down there in Kansas to where it wouldn't. You know, it, going down to Kansas always costs us a lot to travel down there, and then it costs us a lot in tires. Yeah. And the tires aren't going to get any cheaper. Who's your no. realize that we'll spend what we're having to spend right now? So that price ain't coming down. That's what I keep telling people. The problem with... Yeah, it, it when, ain't moving now. Yeah, when you pay the price that they set for it, it's not like they're going to go, okay, guys, we oh, got plenty we're gonna of stock back now. Down. Yeah. Let's no, drop that, that price happening. by 70%. No. No. They're going to drop it by 20%, and you're going to go, oh, my God, look how much money I'm yeah, saving. Yeah, look at all this money I'm saving, <laughs> but we're still spending you know, $75 more a tire than what we did two years ago. Yeah, yeah it's not 20%, Dan. It's 20 cents. Yeah, oh. that's, yeah <laughs> that's what it'll be, too. But they're not going to bring that price back down. I mean, I think we were at 176 a couple of years ago for a race save right rear, and right now I think we're 255. Man. So it might go to 225, but it ain't going to 176. Petroleum-based deal, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it ain't gonna get no cheaper. Unless Again, they can make electric tires. Yeah, no, that'll ruin. It. I'll I'll sell it, and he'll never race. We'll buy a boat. <laughs> Call we'll it go baseball. Call it line. Maybe he's got electric yeah. tires. <laughs> he's coming up with some interesting stuff. Uh, all right, so again, talking with Stu Snyder. Uh, let's go ahead and run down all those great sponsors. I know you got quite a few of them to help the uh, both operations 
get up and down the track. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we're sitting here with you, Dan Taylor with Taylor Computers, um, KRL Motorsports, Myers, Myers Racing Engines, JR1 Chassis, Momentum Shocks, Mr. Yards and More is one of our other primary sponsors, Dennis, uh, Dennis Stevens with them, Kaiser Racing Wheels, uh, Smith Repair, Mad Max Metal Works, uh, Bully Brand, Takeoff Tire, Ultraline Hobbies, Simpson Racing Products, uh, man, I, I probably Hosby Power, obviously, and uh, K80 Trucking. Uh, you know, Hosby Power, you know, Robin, she's, uh, she's a part of our family, and she's been, she kind of helped me get this team back up and going when I kind of quit and sold everything off and decided, well, now I want to do it again. So she stepped up and helped us out big and, and kept us going up and down the highway with, with what we needed. And um, now it's, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of work. Uh, you know, the crew... I, I couldn't ask for a better one. They, uh, they're over there, you know, every single night slaving away with my wife and Allie. And we brought on uh, Brandon Haichu this year. He come back and helped us. Um, but Brandon Botfield, Roger Love, obviously, you know, he's mm. a 305 car owner. He's, he's just like a, a younger version of Eldon, I think. He's quiet. And <laughs> if you need it, you go get it. And, and, uh, but he's, he's, he's just like Eldon. He likes winning. Um, you know, and then and then gravy, uh, gravy's our. He's pretty much a do all guy. Yeah, he's learning as he goes, and and uh, you know, like I said, then also with John Rashnider on the three sixty deal, stepping in and throwing us some money to be able to get the to help us out and put our money with his money and get that three sixty motor bot. With without the, you know, like I said, without all of them, I'd be watching it from the grand. Well, I wouldn't watch them from the grandstands. I'd probably end up working on somebody's <laughs> stuff, but it's a lot more enjoyable to be able to go to the track and and drive and and have what I feel and, and uh, you know, what we feel is top-of-the-line equipment and everything we need every single night to go out and win with. Yeah, well, if you weren't driving, you could spend more time over there at your Hobby Town sponsor place. So Yeah, for sure. <laughs> the, the wife keeps, she keeps seeing these boxes show up from A-Main Hobbies and Ultraline <laughs> and what are you doing? You know, just, we actually went RC car racing a couple of weeks ago. I uh, took the kids out and the only problem with them is they last so damn long. Yeah. Like, we had a great time. I ended up running fifth in the sprint car and out of the beat and had a great night. And the kids got to run around there with theirs at the intermission. But we, we got there at like 11 o'clock in the afternoon or, you know, well, morning. Let's say, morning. you know, 11 o'clock. We got home at 9.30. Woo. Well, so if we buy an acreage, I'm going to do my own track. And, and me and Haichu, because he's, he's into that stuff pretty deep, too. We're going to do our own track. We're going to show them how to run through the show. We're going to do it like Roger Hayden does. We're going to get out of there. At, you know, we're going to start at 7, yep. and we're going to get out of there at 9.30. If you buy receivers. And yeah. If you buy your own acreage, you don't have to worry about crews getting in trouble with uh, peeing off the deck. No, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was yelling at him this morning on the camera on our, on our security system. Get, get back inside. You know where the bathroom is. Hey, listen, if I could do it in my neighborhood, I would. Yeah, well, I, I, so far we can do it in ours. I don't know if I can do it, but I guess he can. <laughs> don't worry, they're not going to see yeah, anything. Yeah, they would, yeah, they ain't see anything out of me, you know. <laughs> but no, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. That kid is, he's, he's flat out dude, wide open. And, uh, and he's, get, uh, over under three times you're going to have to bail him out of jail. No, I don't know. Over. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know. He's how many times have you had he's to be bailed smart. out of jail? Uh, one time. One time. Okay. One time, and now I don't drink Jack Daniels anymore, <laughs> and I don't. I've never touched a mud road since. Uh, yeah, one time was all I've ever had to do, and I never, don't have DUIs, nothing like that. I mean, I never had any time. 
I was always buried in a race shop somewhere working on race cars or driving up and down the highway going racing somewhere <laughs> or, or in school or, or at work. So yeah. I think if you keep the kids busy these days and, and you know, keep, them, keep them occupied with something that they really care about, I can already see it in, in him. And, and even Kinley, she comes down there last couple of months, you know, we got her back from her dad. She comes down there and she's either riding her scooter or, you know, we're asking us what she could help with. So I, I'm hoping we're raising them, raising them right. And we won't have to bail him out, but he, <laughs> we've got to figure out the dinner thing when yeah, we go out to eat. He just burn off a little energy. We oh. went to Screamers on Friday for our wedding anniversary and it's family friendly. We have to make a reservation. So we go in there and they sing every time they bring your food out or whatnot. And he's up on stage, jumping off the stage. <laughs> And we're sitting there embarrassed as hell, and I'm like, well, you know, I don't really know what to do. I guess this is, he ain't going to listen. Yeah. He's going to do what he wants to do. <laughs> At least in here, when he's running around the tables, he's turning left. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's already got that figured out, you know, and he's, he's already, I could probably put him in a quarter midget in a, in a month, and he'd be fine. He's, he went from an electric four-wheeler to an electric car to a, a bigger four-wheeler that goes faster, and it takes him about an hour to figure everything out. Yeah. So I, I think that's our next, our next step. That schedule might get a lot shorter. His might buy, get a little longer. You're going to have to buy him a bigger electric car? Uh, no, not at this point. <laughs> now we're going, right to the, we're going right to either a go-kart or a cage cart. <laughs> Is he going to run the turkey chase? I don't know what our plans are. We don't really want to do the, the cage carts just because they, they look really, really rough. Yeah. They bounce around a lot. Um, I don't know, really know what it would teach him. We've kind of looked at doing quarter midgets. Granted, we're going to have to drive to Topeka to do that, but we've looked at doing that instead of doing, you know, the flat cart or the cage cart stuff around mm -hmm. here. Obviously, it'd be easier, but, uh, you know, I don't know. And, and if he gets really good at, like, if we do the quarter midget stuff and he gets really good, well, we're, we're moving to Indiana because I'm going to give him the shot to, to, to maybe possibly make it or, or uh, you know, have a, have a better opportunity um, to maybe live out a, the dream. And, and make it. Yeah. And I don't know if I want to watch some, him on Sunday in that NASCAR stuff. Make it on somebody but, else's dime? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, exactly. Get him yeah. in somebody else's car so me and Mom can just show up and watch and help right. him. Right, right. But, uh, no, I don't know. I've had a, I think I've had a pretty good career. We've, we've won a lot of races. We've won some championships. And we'll see what happens. And he might not want to. He may want to play baseball. If it progresses, I mean, what do you what do you think you're looking at realistically? Probably hanging up the steering wheel in a couple of years. Yeah, I'd say we'll probably do one or oh yeah, she's over there with her finger in the air. <laughs> one, maybe one or two complete, you know, full seasons, and then maybe just cut it back to specials when he starts rolling really, you know, really well, and then when he takes over the 40 to 50 show count, uh, yeah. I'm done. You're done. I'm done, yeah. yeah. There's <laughs> yeah. not enough time and there's You're not gonna... enough. I want to make sure that I put 100% focus yeah. towards his deal. And, and if, you know, like I said, if that's what he wants to do. Um, so far, that's what he wants to do. <laughs> he really likes the wing dances. He was pretty pissed uh, Sunday morning when he got home from Grandma's that there was an iron cup sitting on the, the kitchen table and he didn't get to go up and do wing dances <laughs> on Saturday night. So he wasn't you've very happy of, about that. You've kind of spoiled him on the wing dance. Yeah, he loves that. those things. <laughs> And Kimley, she got to do one a couple times, and we actually had to do one at I-80. It yeah. kind of sucked that we weren't able to win the race, but I guess we won the war, so we got to do a wing dance with that with the kids, and that was great. So yeah. maybe, maybe you'll end up with a Mark Martin. Remember his kid? He started when he was like six or seven and was tearing late models up at 10, 11, and 12. Mm -hmm. Got to be 15 and said, ah, I don't want to do this anymore. Yep, no don't want to do it no more. Walked away. <laughs> 
We've been talking with Stu Snyder, the 2022 track champion at ID Speedway for the 360s. Uh, congratulations, man. Yeah, thanks. And uh, we'll talk to you again at the uh, World of Wheels Car Show. When's that again? We got the notice that was, is that March again? Or did they move it up? Uh, it, well, it was April Fool's weekend last year. April 2nd yeah, it was. 3rd. Yeah, you sent it, it to was, me. It was, because we were going to go, but, and yeah, then we ended up March. racing somewhere, so we weren't able to, to put a car in or even go see it, I think. Yeah, I sent it to you. It's in March. Yeah, I, I could. I, for some reason, I was thinking it was January. I'm thinking of the racers' swap meet up in uh, Columbus. That's what I'm thinking it was in January. Yeah, late January, I think. But, yeah, the, uh, the auto show, I want to say, is the third weekend in, in March, Yeah, I think. We'll get you on for that if you're free or, yeah. or get you up at the racer swap meet. We'll talk about yeah, what you sure. got going for 2023. Yeah, we're, we'll say we, uh, we've been talking 410 stuff, but nobody's really stepped up well, to the table with a little bit of coin to go get one yet. But You might as well give him the bad news now that it costs a lot more to sponsor champions. Than it does, <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah, damn. So, yeah, we're, we're talking about doing this 410 stuff, or even or even the, the quarter midget. I mean, that logo would look really good down there. I mean, even though it took, what, three months to finally get you on the car? Yeah. And then Stan shows up at Harlan with these new stickers. I put them on, and after hot laps, half of it was gone. It didn't even stick. So, I, yeah, we've, we've got to get that figured out a little sooner. Than what we did this year, for sure. Yeah, I'll just put it in the wrap. Well, our, our our immediate plan was to get suits. You know, get a suit made, and that turned into a six month process because of everything else going on in the country. Backlog. So we could maybe try that this year to where it would maybe show up in time. They've gotten a little bit better. I ordered a helmet, and it only took three months to get here. So. I gotta I gotta talk to my financial advisor to see if. I'm, I'm yeah, a, she's buried in the phone. You're fine. It's just like the RC car stuff with me and my wife. It'll be all right. Yeah. Yep. All right, guys. That's <laughs> going to do it for us for today's show. Make sure to tune in on Thursday. We'll be back to get you the latest headlines. We're going to have uh, Matt Andrews, your sport modified track champion from ID Speedway, on the show. Plus, we'll get you set for the weekend of racing to come. Uh, is there any racing locally? I think we're all done. Beatrice. Park Jeff was oh, the yeah, last Beatrice. one. Oh, Beatrice. Beatrice. He's got their Oktoberfest, so yep. we'll get you set on that one on Thursday. Sue, thanks a lot. I always appreciate Thank having you, you on. Guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. We'll be back uh, on Thursday. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been The Front Stretch, presented by Joe's Carding.